you know what? Maybe if we knock these metrics out of the park, yeah, we get promoed. The alien thing. We get promoed. We go transgalactic. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're like, you know what, you guys, you're all right. podcast and a substack where each week uh, we discuss one weird idea we uh, take turns uh, writing up a substack article and then we meet and deep dive uh, into that issue welcome Kieran thanks VJ what's going on well today Kieran uh, I want to talk about aliens right uh, I feel why like, not why not right I feel like you know we've spoken about God we've spoken about the economy Um it feels like aliens the next big topic that that needs the one with thought touch yes yes I, I i think you're right and uh i can't believe it's taken us till our 11th episode to broach the topic of aliens like i i would have expected this earlier in mm. in a one weird thought uh atmosphere well i mean i think you know one of the things that defines us is just how on trend we are you know and so you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, ChatGPT was all the rage, and it seems like there's been an uptick in UFO incidents recently. So therefore, naturally, uh, we too uh, need to jump uh, on that band uh, on that bandwagon. You know, I, I wasn't up to date on this until you enlightened me on this, VJ, with with the article. But um, yeah, it does look like we're seeing more UFOs. Uh, obviously, the the China. Uh, the Chinese balloon yes. was, was you know, it? somewhat mistaken for a UFO for a bit. And yeah. then, you know, it turned out it wasn't. But, you know, it seems like there are many other sightings. So, um, yeah, totally. This is, a, this is a trend. So, yeah, you know, traditionally when, um, when we think about aliens, right, you know, we think science fiction movie, they're coming in and, you know, we have some plucky humans who overcome tremendous uh, tremendous odds and uh, overcome our uh, alien invaders. That's been done to death, right? And in fact, the, the first time it was done that, that I know of was with H.G. Wells um, uh, in, I guess, I think it was the 1940s, um, right? And so, um, uh, but our, our angle is going to be a little bit different, right? Uh, our angle is going to really understand and acknowledge the disparity between us uh, and and our alien visitors, right? Yeah. Um, because practically speaking, if, if they get here, they're really smart, right? They're a lot smarter than we are, right? So if they put all that time in and show up, kind of feel like they're going to be just a tad underwhelmed and, and maybe worse than that. So what I wanted to do was kind of start out with, with, a, with a few assumptions, right? And, you know, explore those assumptions and see what the right set of assumptions are for us, right? So, so my premise is that if aliens knew that we were out here and they yeah. had the ability to get here, they'd come over. They'd want to come over for a visit. And the reason why is in the big scheme of things, there aren't too many of us smart folks around, right? So it would be kind of novel, right? Yeah, um, I, th I think purely from novelty, I, I kind of, I agree with that assumption. They would definitely come over if possible. 
Yes, yes. Yeah, those are two. So, so I think that's the key, right? If possible. Now, the thing is, if it's possible for them to get here, that means they're really smart, right? Um, but I was thinking, could they also be extremely lucky? Ah, this is a, this is a fair question. Yeah, and so like I thought the most, pro- um, the highest probability chance of life yeah. visiting Earth uh-huh. is in this like lucky meteorite or comet uh, crash um, situation, yeah. and then like a rogue comet, you know, travels for thousands of years with like frozen microbes stuck to the side, uh-huh. and then you know that. That's one of the theories for how life yeah. populated yeah. this earth. Yeah. So like maybe the microbes. You know, what, I, Karen, I, I think it's one of the reasons why people come to this podcast is for the science. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I would say math and mathematics too, right? The deep mathematical analysis that we, that we tend to do. I was going to put Drake's equation in here, by the way. Uh, but then I couldn't find a way to where it's actually relevant to the discussion, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but um I, I I I challenge you on that, right? And I would okay. say that's way too lucky because we'd have to be lucky enough for them to exist at the same time as we exist. And then in addition to that, yeah. right, this other miracle would have to happen where they bump into this ability to get here. So um, I think either way, Right. The the point is that they show up. Right. And And honestly, the the microbe way is not that interesting. So, yeah, let's assume they're smart and that they've actually traveled here. And, 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 you know, smart microbes, right, would be weird. Right. So, um, right. There would have to be. That would be. You you could do your meteorite with the microbes and then the microbes are evolving on the way here. Right. Because they've had, you know, millions of years to evolve on their meteorite before they show up. No, but they'd be frozen. So they'd be in like homeostasis or whatever. They, they wouldn't evolve. That's such an earth centric view of, 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 of life. <laughs> oh man. I, I, I really hope our overlords don't listen to this podcast. I, I do worry for our own fates. Uh, if that happens, I think but, if they yeah. listen to us, we will either be the first people they kill yeah. Or the two oh. people that they actually say, because when they look at us, they might see us as darn near their peers. You know, they'll be like, wow, these are the only two folks who actually got it. You know, yeah. so, so maybe that, you know, maybe there's hope for us. You know, if, if you, we could be the translators that that's interesting. Yeah. Right. So, um, so either way, right. They, 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 they show up right now. I thought, right. My next assumption would be the one uh, that's, most um, delicate, right? Fragile, right? And that is these folks who show up, they're benevolent and, and, and they want to help, mm. right? And so right, the notion of helping and benevolence seems very human. But I, I think you are... I agree with that assumption for what it's worth. And I think your analogy with Jane Goodall visiting the chimpanzees in yeah. Africa is a great one. Yes. Like, however malevolent we are to our peers, we are definitely benevolent to our um, 
to beings that have no no business. Um, yeah, we're we're benevolent to our lessers. To our lessers, in, in yeah. Um, yes, problematic. Well, so okay, so we should uh, touch on the whole Jane Goodall reference right there. So, uh, for those of you who haven't read the Substack article, which I, I doubt is many, um, um, uh, in the Substack article, I make this point that. Perhaps the way these aliens would view us is in the same way that we view animals, right? And that that um, creates some interesting challenges, opportunities, right? So one way they could look at us is in a Jane Goodall kind of way, just like she looks at the apes and she's fascinated by them, mm-hmm. right? She doesn't see them as being any smarter than, than her, but she's really interested in 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 the way they think and and the way they function, right? So perhaps our overlords could be like that. They could also be a bit more hands-on. So, you know, all of these reports that we hear of uh, alien abductions, you know, maybe that's the thing, right? And, um, you know, at one point as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how we think about ants. And maybe that's the dis- Maybe that's the disparity in intelligence between us and our alien visitors, right? Maybe, you know, they look at us the same way we look at ants, right? We're fascinated that these, that these creatures with such tiny brains are able to organize themselves and have a great sense of direction and have an incredible work ethic and, and look out for each other, right? But by the same yeah. token, we as humans, as much as we admire the strong word, but, but find them interesting, we don't think twice about stepping on them. Right. And um, when I was a kid, but yeah. don't you don't you think our ability to have language and written um, and like structures and I feel like things like that would appeal to an alien society. Right. VJ, like that, that should set us apart from the ants and the, the chimpanzees. I, I'd, I'd like to think they view us, you know, as like an extension of themselves, like maybe maybe not as. Uh, evolved, of course, but right. at least on the same path of progression. Ah. Like like we view chimpanzees. Like chimpanzees are kind of, yeah. Um, you can kind of squint and see that they might be on the same path of progression. Yeah, well, but you can't you can't do that with ants. And um, the, I'm hoping they do that with us. There was actually a, a retirement home for chimpanzees um, in I think in the 1960s, right? Something like that, uh, where they were using them for um, all kinds of experiments and they had more than they needed. And I think the one that was used in Tarzan uh, was one that was retired and he was a smoker actually. Uh, yeah. And, and so, um, so, so in that instance, like we kind of viewed this thing as, as more than other animals where we invested enough to, uh, to give this thing a, a dignified kind of life, you know? Yeah. Um, so maybe, Maybe, I think it just depends on like the degree of delta between us and them, right? If they look at communication as just being so basic, right? You know, back home where they come from, right? You know, animals that can't actually communicate, they look at in the same way as we look at single cell, you know, uh, amoeba, right? Like, um, so if if the disparity is that large between us and them, right? I I think they'd be, you know, wouldn't think twice about stepping on us because. By the time they get here, there's an abundance of us here, right? So yeah. why not, you know, take one, stick a probe in us and, and see what we're about? 
Um, so, but that'd be problematic for us. And certainly for the- It'd be problematic, but I think the assumptions should still hold, right? I think they are, to us, they should be, they will be benevolent, at least in their minds. I don't think they're going to be overtly, yeah. hey, we're going to take over the world. I just think a civilization that comes to visit us already has enough resources to be, yeah. you know, um, it's not like there's some interplanetary highway that needs to go through Earth, right? It's, um, it's just um, they want to do it out of their own curiosity, and that that makes yeah. them good beings. I yeah, think. I, I I do think the curiosity is important as well. And one of the things, yeah, yeah, that struck me was to be a society that's that advanced. You have to have curiosity as a as a motivator. Yeah. Right. So otherwise, yeah, you just stagnate. Yeah. And right. Like, so, why would you leave your planet? Why would you leave your solar system uh, without curiosity? So, so we would be interesting to them, and we would be worth preserving, just like Jane Goodall wants to preserve the chimpanzees. Right. Yes. Right. These aliens would want to preserve us, and they'd have this realization that we're too stupid to uh, look after ourselves. Um, and, you know, when you step back from us and look at us from the yeah. outside, we don't look very good. We, we, we look weird, right? So, right, a couple of things I point out is we built these weapons that can wipe us out entirely, and we don't get rid of them. Right, even Seems though a bit problematic. Right, yeah, even though there's no upside to keeping them. Right, um, as obvious as it sounds, in fact, some of our smartest people built those weapons, right, at least the technology behind those weapons. Right, so you would think looking at it from the outside, that looks really stupid. Right, like why would they do this thing, which they for sure know results in a you know, complete and utter loss for them, yet they persist. Yeah. Right. So, so, so that, that that was kind of one example, right? Uh, another example uh, is what we're doing to the planet, right? And um, at this point, we know that we're not being good stewards of the planet. We are actively accelerating its destruction, right? Right now, in this very room, I have two six lights on. I have six lights on. Uh, I'm using this external microphone, even though there's a perfectly good microphone in that laptop right there. That laptop has its own. <laughs> it's for screen. the audio quality, VJ. We obviously we do need it for the, the audio art. Quality. We do it for the art. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Why do we I do need it for the listeners as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We do it for them. It is one of the sacrifice. We're willing to sacrifice Earth so they can hear us <laughs> clearly, right? But you know, I've got. The laptop has a monitor. By the way, the laptop's actually sitting on top of another laptop right now. Uh, mm, that, that, that doesn't look too good, no. DJ. That's pretty wasteful. And, and it's, Are you saying you have a whole laptop as a laptop stand? It's just temporarily as a laptop function? stand. They, they switch roles. Uh, so it's, it's quite, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, but uh, next to it is a 32-inch wide monitor uh, because the 14-inch one on the laptop is just not quite getting it done. Um, so the point is, we're destroying our earth. We all know it. Some mm. of us pretend that we're not, 
right? And then a smaller subset uh, actually believe that we're not, and that through some magical thinking, it's all going to work out as well. Uh, well. So those are a couple of examples, and I've got a couple more, which is just really weird, right? Um, I'm super glad you didn't turn that on me as well, because I just, like, you know, travel around and live off. Yeah, I'll I'll let you stew on that and, uh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) rethink uh, whether your vlog becomes a bunch of YouTube video links to to videos that other people are shot in all these places because you just don't feel good about traveling anymore. I don't feel good about traveling. What One thing on that point, though, yeah. don't you think it is more an act of, of not having the capability to fix the problem rather than any malevolence on the human side? Like, if I were the aliens and I look in, I would see that, hey, the humans have no capability of, you know, reversing their centuries-long... Uh, destruction of the planet they just don't have it in them you know and so i i, I they, see i don't think it's a technology issue i i, I think it's uh well let's just say i think it's an organization issue yes yes like, i i don't think it's a technology issue either for what it's worth i yeah. think we actually have um within our lifetime we have all the technological pieces required that if we were to organize and figure out a plan and start executing like 30, 50 years, we could convert from our like uh, terrible uh, relationship with the environment mm. uh, to one where, you know, humans are, are comfortable, but it's not actively speeding up our own demise. <laughs> um, but I just don't think we have the, cap- the organizational capability. We, we, yeah, I, so I, I agree. Exactly. So I don't think it's a tech issue. I think no. it's a, it's a, it's a, we lack leadership. Right, you know, and, and but I think leadership is not even the right like no? frame. Oh, because leadership is like an organizational form that we understand. Yeah, right? yeah. I I just think like it needs a third, like a new form of organization. Um, yes, that we don't have right now. Yeah, like it's just. Do Do we need like a, a new economic model? Right, that doesn't. A new economic model, yeah. Consumption, like, like that whole thing is driven off of us. In one of our earliest podcasts, we we spoke about how like everything's driven off us, uh, consuming more and more stuff, right? And so, the our model for building cities is built on uh, a growth model that you know cities have to constantly grow, yeah. otherwise you know they won't have enough taxes to to repair roads. Yeah, yeah. Everything has to constantly grow, otherwise it breaks down. Yeah which is fundamentally at odds with what we need to do. Um, and maybe we can grow in the digital plane and that's like less effective. Well, like it doesn't hurt the environment. Well, data the centers, digital plane. I mean, if I remember 10 years ago, data centers took up about a third of the power consumption of the U S. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, we do know that we got to act. And even, Everyone, yeah. even within our kind of limited abilities, we're not doing as much as we can. We're not acting like the whole thing's going to go down, man. Right. And so we're really not right. Like I, I took no actions today to kind of, so, to kind of try and mitigate the problem. Not even a little bit. I mean, see, there's, there's a part of it where at least 10% of the people don't really think action is needed. Right. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. We're, everyone's not on board. 
And even those of us who are on board don't really know what to do or don't have the motivation to do it. And then there's no real uh, coordinating mechanism. Like, like I said earlier, it's just, I don't think we have the capability, VJ. It would take a stroke. It would, it would take a new organizational capability for us to be able to tackle this with any meaningful intensity. Yeah. And um, barring that, I think it's just going to be like one of those catastrophes and then we have to deal with it at the end. You know, like that's, you know what, maybe, remember the crash? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> crash only civilizations. Maybe we're stuck in like the innovators dilemma kind of situation, right? Like we've, we've built this economy and it's worked out pretty well, right? There are less people hungry today than there were a hundred years Disruption. ago. Disruption. Right, right for disruption. Yeah, yeah. but by by who? Like the global economy needs to, is, is looking for innovative uh, disruption. <laughs> uh, yeah. You need an outsider, so therefore aliens are the are the answer. Aliens, right? So, um, okay, so so a couple more things that don't make us look very good, right? Uh, I, I found this very interesting, right? And I fi- I'm not sure I believe it, but. I've got a link in the Substack, therefore it must be true, right? Mm. Um, and it was from a very reputable source. Um, um, uh, Twitter. Uh, so um, <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting something so much more than that, VJ. I think, hold on, was it Twitter? Hold on, I'm gonna, I'll tell you right now. Some guy on Twitter. No, no, no it was Business Insider. It was, it's about it's about as bad as Twitter. But so, like one step above, if that yes. Okay. Anyway, so Business Insider said that Americans consume thirty six hundred calories per day, which just seems unreal. Right? I mean, that's, that's a, a lot of Big Macs, PJ. That's a lot, right? That's a lot, right? Meanwhile, at the same time that we're consuming thirty six hundred calories per day, I use that term very loosely. I'm not cons- I mean, I eat a lot, and I don't consume thirty six hundred calories a day, right? Um, but um, meanwhile, there are seven hundred ninety three million people who are starving each day in the world. So Is we have still this, true. We still have people like yeah, 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 yeah. About eleven percent of the world, I think. Eleven percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? 700, so, that is wild. So we're stuffing ourselves to death. Meanwhile, 793 million people are starving. Right? It's just it's weird. Hey, this is five years ago, VJ. Which was gone from, ele- it could be from 11% down to like, you know, 10%. Are you, are you looking at the article? It was the article yeah. from 11 years ago, really? No, five years ago. Okay. Five years okay. ago. Okay, five, yeah, there you go. Yes, things could have got much better. It could have got much better. There could be nobody starving. During today. a global pandemic, I, I think we could have solved starvation during the, the pandemic as well as uh, subsequent uh, financial recovery. We, you know, some of the countries might have gotten their acts together. Recently. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought up the pandemic uh, because um, that's another interesting one where aliens have to look at us and not the best of lights, right? Because we have this pandemic, right? We have this COVID thing, right? Through the power of science, we're able to create these medications that can save us from this global pandemic. And yet there are all these people who are too stupid to take them. They're just too stupid to take them. 
They're so thick. I mean, I'm, I'm getting angry with my fellow humans now as I think about this. They're so thick. Do you hear about that guy yesterday, the ivermectin guy? This guy was no. like a leading ivermectin light in the ivermectin consumption community who now died mm-hmm. from what looks like the side effects of ivermectin. Oh, God. And he's got a lot of followers. We're too stupid to even recognize who the smart people are. But I, I think that was, this is going back to the earlier point, that we don't even have the organizational capability. Even our smart people, right, kind of failed at the beginning of the pandemic. And I think, like, it's, it's fair to say that. Yeah. First it was like, oh, masks work, and then they don't work, and then they work again, right? Like, that was all messed up. Then the vaccine, even though we had developed it in the first, like, month of the pandemic, it took, like, another eight months for it to actually get to us. I I think the mask working, not working, I think that's a fog of war situation. And I think one of the things that we're too stupid to realize is that it's a fog of war situation, like, at any given time, right, our experts are making their best judgment based on the data that they have, and things could change. That's, that's my perspective. But our experts weren't agreeing. And like, that's where the organizational capabilities come it's in, hard. right? It's very hard to, it's hard for the expert community to come out and say something. Yeah. And unfortunately, or fortunately, we have so, we have very easy distribution of thoughts. So anyone can go out and say things. And like literally almost six months into the pandemic, we had that mRNA guy, like one of the co-developers of the vaccine saying yeah. that it's not good to take the vaccine. Yeah. Like we're talking about our experts yeah, yeah. in wild disagreement. I, I, I think that makes us look... It was pathetic. That makes us look even worse in front of the aliens. Like yeah, even I don't, smart that's guys why I, yeah, even the smart guys not on the same page. Uh, I just don't think it's the people who are stupid. I just think it's like organi- we don't have the skills to organize like if we were a hive mind vj if yeah. we were more like ants yeah right the queen's in trouble the earth is about to explode all all hands on deck we would save that queen right however ma- however yeah. many bodies it took but uh, some of us would be saying everyone... some of us would be saying we could save her with some ivermectin and others would no, be saying that... no no maybe some bleach would help right meanwhile the yeah. one person who knows what they're doing is saying yeah, i think you should stick this vaccine in her veins. Nobody's listening to that person, that ant. Because we're not ants. We're uh, not bees, Vijay. We uh, don't have that level of organization. Uh, uh. Actually, and from an organizational perspective, like even those kind of highly structured societies like China, like really yeah. struggled, right? Like like the ones where theoretically the smart people are calling all the shots. To oh, the man. China's, China's interesting because we, I thought we uh, put them on a pedestal early on, right? Like early they on, did yeah. really well. Yeah, yeah. And then they... Now they're now it's still like really messed up. Yeah. And so Yeah. Yeah. And India also, I think people had put India up on a pedestal. Everyone thought like, oh, things were going well, and yeah. then it just tanked. Yeah. And then um and then they they were fine again. Like yeah. uh, I, can't, I can't remember if I told you this, but there was a guy who I met uh over the holidays who's a world health he he used to be a um used to work at the I think it was a World Health, no, IMF. He used to work there. He was an economist at the IMF. And he mm. published a paper where he analyzed, like, the impact of COVID on uh, on Indian society. And he thinks that the reporting was, I want to say it was 10x underreported, the, the number of COVID deaths in India. Number of, oh, number of deaths, yeah. not even number of cases? No, no. Brutal. Isn't that insane? Um, Especially because even at the currently reported state, it was brutal. 
yes, so yes. annexing that is yeah. crazy. Insane, isn't it? So, yeah. so look, this kind of leads us to we're meandering, but we're getting there. But we've stayed relatively on task today. Um, I think so. Um, and this kind of leads us to my next, um, my next postulation, and that is, I think these aliens are morally obligated to help us. And that I find that troubling. I'm not. It certainly makes this discussion easier. But yeah. is it true? Are they morally obligated to help us? I don't think so. I think they're gonna Jane Goodall us, VJ. I think they're gonna observe. Yeah. Take notes. Maybe, maybe they'll save a country's worth of people or two, uh, so that they can like you know populate us in the zoos all across the universe. But I don't think they're going to have any obligation towards saving the Earth and saving our species on the Earth. Mm. Well, so Jane, Jane, you know, is an advocate for these uh, uh, for these uh, gorillas. Like she's into gorillas, right? I thought uh, she's into yeah. I thought maybe she's like. Has she done both gorillas and chimpanzees? I don't know. I'm gonna have to look this up. Yeah. Okay. Can we need some live? I don't want to. I don't want to. Besmirch Jane Goodall's good name. Yeah, and you know, our readers count on us for bringing them the facts. She is the world's foremost expert on chimpanzees. Okay. I do remember something about apes too, but I think she's mostly known for chimpanzees, chimps. Okay, well, we've you've heard it here, right? So, um, so okay. So the point is, though, she's very much into protecting them from us, really. Right, but if chimps, you know, start, she doesn't stop chimps from like beating each other up. I don't think so. Right, like, right? like she let them be. Yeah, she will let. I think she wants to observe the hierarchies. She observes like how they communicate with each other. Yeah. The funny thing is, if I remember correctly, mm. and I've it's been a long time. I thought she like became part of the chimps somehow, right? Yeah, she, she was deeply embedded. Yeah. She was deeply embedded yeah. in the chimp tribes. So yeah. maybe we'll see an alien or two just deeply embedded. The kind of more hippie ones who are like really into, you know, they go native. Mm-hmm. Uh, they you, go native. You, you know, like, um, uh, you know, like kind of Westerners when they go to India and they want to kind of like overdo it a bit. And get, yeah, they've got the tilak yeah, and then yeah. they put the turban just on. Kind of, like, the... kind of over-native the situation. Or, no. you know, when they do their dreadlocks and they go to Jamaica. Like, it's just... <laughs> Oh no! They get carried away, <laughs> but that's okay. They do. Now, you know, it comes from a good place. Um, so, um, so I think you know you're questioning whether they're morally obligated to save us. Whether it's not yeah. really whether they whether they feel morally obligated to save us, right? Maybe this whole kind of moral obligation thing is a uniquely human construct. I think like they would have created their own alien ethics, right? And I would. I don't know. Something tells me that these are ethics that are supposed to be universal enough that, you know, yeah, we can, we can project onto the aliens, what their ethics might be. And I don't think they're under any obligation to save us. They will view us. um, I think they're obligated to save each other as aliens, as a species, but they're not going to say, Hey, the humans deserve to be saved from their own stupidity or lack of capability. So, yeah, it's it's funny in these discussions. I feel like we touch on major 
major philosophical themes that we're not qualified to, to answer at all. Uh, but yet we do. So I, I was going to say to you, like, do you, we, we read. Yeah. We, we know things, right? I feel like, you know, who would be really good. Tabu should be really good at this stuff. If, I know. I, I want to get him on, on, on onto this podcast. I'm, you know, I'm going to talk yeah. to him tomorrow night. I'm going to make it happen. Um, Perfect. Like we, like he would kind of up level us a bit. He would be able to quote, you know, and, and have well thought through understanding. Right. So I, I suspect that, um, that the purpose of ethics is preservation of the most of us, right? Kind of maximizing good for the majority yeah. of us, right? But it's a kind of us-centric worldview, I think, right? So, um, so and there, I, there are new fields of ethics, right, that are trying to encompass animals. And yeah. Yeah. I think they're onto something, right? Like, I think we will eventually form out universal ethics. And if on, like, the civilization tree... Yeah universal ethics comes before uh trans like po- uh, transgalactic travel yeah then hopefully this other species will have universal yeah. ethics yeah and then they will want to save us I, I think you're onto something there right um uh it becomes this high level thing because i think for us like you know like um with you know there's like levels of autonomous driving uh, yeah maybe with us uh, there's like levels of, of ethics, right? And we're at a stage where the best we can do is preserve preserve the earth because we need it, because we need a place to live, right? Um, so therefore we have to preserve the earth, right? But for aliens, because they're next level, right? They'll be able to look at us and say, we should preserve them because they're sentient beings, mm. right? Even though they don't need us at all. Right, they, they, right. It's for purely, I guess, altruistic reasons, right? For this kind of higher level ethics. Yeah, it's confusing. It's like maybe that's one of the solutions to our coordination problem. Is maybe there's like rules that we just don't violate because I don't think we have those yet. I think we have them in our written code, but it's too easy to violate them uh, and just kind of default to greed and say, oh the only reason we should save the planet is for our own self-preservation. Mm-hmm. And then we know that goes against our own like current ethics. Uh, we should do better, but it's too hard to do it. So we don't, um, but ma- maybe aliens have figured out a way where they can embed the ethics into their actual day-to-day actions. That'd be an interesting yeah. uh, thing. They ha- leg up they have on us. Uh, yeah. I, I think you're onto something. So m- moving us along a bit, Right, so um, assuming, you know, that they feel obligated to, to help us, right? I, I call them left-leaning liberal hippies, right? Um, <laughs> right? Um, and then maybe they think we're cute, right? Like, which would be kind of useful, right? I think pretty quickly they'd have to put us on some sort of performance improvement plan, right? They'd like, we've got to fix these people. Right. And so I came up with a few changes that they would nudge us towards, right? Perhaps mm-hmm. forcefully, right? Um, and I want to just check with you to see if this was the right set, right? Or if we're missing any things that they would take. You can see them like saying their own objectives and their OKRs and, and things like that, right? So, right. So I love this. And before you go into those yeah. assumptions, I just want to make one point about 
uh, the classic performance improvement plan, yes. which is if you don't meet these goals or OKRs, traditionally in companies, you get fired. Oh, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> so I love this analogy. Yeah. So let's keep going. But well, what are the goals that humanity has to meet? Okay. So, so otherwise so, we so get fired. Here's a question for you. In this instance, is it us humans who get fired or is it our alien overlords? Because at this point they're going to be overlords who've not done a good, good enough job preserving us. And then their bosses come in and say, you guys, we sent you in to do one job and you screwed it up. So we're bringing in another set of aliens now. Ooh. I actually think it might be another case where like, if we, if we achieve this performance improvement plan, mm-hmm. we get to sit at the big boys table in like the multiversal oh. in like, so we're, we're now part of the club. Oh, of, we've turned it around and yeah, yeah. You know what? Maybe if we knock these metrics out of the park, yeah, we get promoted. Think, we get promoted. We go transgalactic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're like, you know what? You guys, you're all right. You know, you're all right. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, so otherwise we're just, I think we, we basically get demoted and then we're basically house pets for the wealthy aliens. So, you know, very early on when I was doing this exploration and playing around with my journey, I was going to do a picture of like an alien taking a human for a walk, you know, and (laughs) like just literally turning us into pets, you know, and how like, you know, we'll be the source of their world, you know, like the thing that they just look at us with. Such affection. Like, look how dumb and cute he is. And they've got their own oh. little human videos. They're like, watch this, watch this. It's so stupid. It, oh, it took this guy 20 minutes to solve this Rubik's Cube. So, uh, Kieran, like the, the next uh, facet of the improvement plan would be around doling our energy uh, equitably uh, amongst all people. Today, you know, Americans consume 17% of the energy, and yet we're only 4% of the people. So I think some sort of equitable distribution seems reasonable. What do you think? Yeah, I, I just don't think the aliens are going to care so much about equitable distribution of energy. I, I think they're just going to be able to come in with their intergalactic energy sources and say, here, humans, here's a bunch of free energy. And it's not going to really matter to them. Um, so I don't think they're going to care about equitable distribution, but I think they're going to want us to uh, take advantage of the energy sources that they do give us. Ah, so they just take energy off the table. It becomes no longer a source of conflict. It's okay. not a big deal. I like. Yeah, I, I hopefully fusion or some yeah. like something we haven't even thought of that maybe like dark energy of the universe can just make and I don't know. I, I like where you went with it. Um, yeah. I accept your uh, change to the to the improvement plan, <laughs> right? So yeah. uh, the next one I thought about was uh, mandatory minimum minimum resource allocation, right? So I think every human on Earth should be allowed to have some basic stuff. Right, we should yeah. all be able to have enough food. We should have shelter and uh, healthcare. Right now, once we've had our minimums met, right, capitalism can uh, distribute whatever's left as unequally as it wants. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. Like, I don't think this is following the same thing as like free energy. I think the aliens might give us the free energy, and then say, "Hey, to to be a reputable civilization or a species, y'all need to be able to do this." Uh, mm-hmm. You need to be able to distribute your resources somewhat reasonably. Um, and that's kind of like table stakes. That's a challenge to us as a civilization. Yes, I, I agree with you. 
So no, yeah, the, question, I, I, yeah. the question like is, it. how do they get us to do this? Right? Like, Oh, tough one. This is a tough one. So I, I believe in order for them to, they, they have to manipulate us is, is what I believe. And that their moral code would be that, uh, that they're doing it for our own good. Yeah. Right. And so therefore, um, they can spread this agenda and they can use uh, social media to get this propaganda out there. This propaganda that's uh, uh, definitely for, for our own benefit. Mm-hmm. Right. But, it, but it got me, it got me wondering, and that was, do the aliens need to make their presence felt in order to do this? Or can they just kind of do this on the down low? So I think you're right that they're going to have to manipulate us. But I think they're going to have to make their presence felt to a very small subset of us. Some of us know. Some of us have to know, Vijay, because they have to. I think they're going to want to make sure that the humans understand what we are, uh, why we are on the performance improvement plan and what we have to do to survive. And they're going to have to do it that way, because if we do manage to. Uh, make it past these gates and we sit at the the intergalactic uh, Supreme Council or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, they're going to need some leaders there, Vijay. And I, I think, I think those initial, that initial group that they let in on the secret, they yeah. like, they will be leaders. So what kind of criteria uh, do you think they would use for selection? I don't know. I'm kind of thinking like subscribers to an obscure podcast that, uh, you know, may oh. have detected the uh, existence of a, a performance improvement plan in the first place. Ah. I think th- I think listeners of that said podcast, like, as well as the host, yes, as oh. well as the host, so clearly very, would make fantastic early. Very high caliber individuals with, with a lot of sway. See, I, exactly. thought, I thought you were going to go like, okay, look, Beyonce... <laughs> has a lot of followers, right? So she could get the beehive going, right? So they, they kind of do. Too easy. That's too easy for humanity, VJ. <laughs> if Beyonce wanted to fix global warming today, yeah. I, I think she could. You think like, she could? Let's be honest here. I think she, she stirs the beehive. She stirs up the beehive and they can make it happen. But um, we haven't gotten to that group yet. So... So you think they have to let a select number of us know so that these people can uh, kind of uh, make their plans happen for them? Yeah, they're going to need like translators. They're going to need like an initial yeah. group of people to like let in on on um, secrets, we, but also to help manipulate other people. Like it's going to have to be a whole production, Vijay. We'd have to get um, infiltrated. You know, I'm, I'm listening to Rachel Maddow's uh, Ultra podcast right now, which is about... Nazism in the in the United States in, in the 1930s, and mm. the, the gist of it was that we were very much infiltrated at you know at the highest level uh, of authority, like in in the Senate, in Congress, like you know very clear like Nazi sympathizers there who were managed from uh, from Berlin, right? And so in wow. a similar vein, right? Like they could use that same method to uh, uh, to uh, infiltrate us. Yeah, I don't see why not. Right, so it's get a few of us on board, a few of us who are in thought leadership positions, 
like like the leaders of this podcast, right? And um, and uh, that's how they make it happen, right? And it's got to be a a kind of a, a wide range of skills, right, to to make this happen, right? Like you can yeah. imagine, like they they bring on some particularly clever scientists, and they give him or her, right, the um, the solution for energy. Like there you go, buddy. Knock yourself out, and then that person does it as some sort of like GPL license, so it's it's available for everybody. GPL is like a it's a general purpose license. It's the way Linux is distributed, and what makes it really interesting is you get to use it for free, right? So, yeah. um, so, um, so they give him this, they give this person this technology, and then this person makes it available throughout the world. And hopefully, See, they have to figure out ways of disseminating the information. Yeah, yeah, um, yes, right. So, so that's that's their job. So, job. so closing things out here, I'm going to, and I'm hoping, Kieran, you can uplift the situation here and, uh, and uh, bring, bring us out from the depths of despair that I'm about to plummet us into. Mm-hmm. I think they go in, they do all this work. Yeah. And we screw it up. We screw it up. We have no reason anymore to... To be angry with each other, right? All of our basic needs are being met. The world's a safe place. We can't even kill each other. That's how, right? But maybe that's the source of frustration, mm. right? And so um, we find a way to hate each other, nevertheless, even though we don't have to compete for resources anymore. And I feel like these aliens, after they put all this work in, come to the you know, see us for what we are. The set of folks who are wired for hate and hate based on differences. So we just find these new weird reasons to hate each other, like skin color, for example. I could have added that to my list of weird things that we get hung up about. Right? Um, and you can imagine the aliens showing up and they wait. So these guys hate each other because their skin color. There must be something to it. So they start cutting us open, like maybe there's, you know, it's more than skin deep. And I don't have to tell them they're like exactly the same underneath, you know. Like, yeah. this, uh, so it'd I, be worse if they're colorblind or something, where their oh, their eyes can't even oh, perceive oh, they the differences. Perceive it. They can't even. And they're just like, what are these people doing? Why? <laughs> Why do they keep? <laughs> so, so Karen, like, oh, lift man. me from the depths of despair. Tell me it's all going to be okay, and that. That we will all get along. Look, I, I wish I... Listen, I think we have the potential to solve this performance improvement plan. I really do, Vijay. I think um, if we get the right set of people involved and we infiltrate society, and then um, if we have infinite energy, that will help. That will definitely help. Um, but it's a long shot. I, I have to be honest with you. I, I think... Your assessment of the situation is fairly accurate. Um, it does seem like as soon as we get our acts together, um, there's, you know, decades of peace. Uh, it seems like people are being lifted out of poverty. Things are going well. We just have to find a new crisis to kind of jump right back into. So I do kind of worry about that for um, for our species. So here, I'll, I'll say this. I think this performance improvement plan... Um, our worst case scenario, we end up as pets, Vijay. And, yeah. you know, 
who's who's the i i thought people look at their dogs with envy right our That's lives right. are so shitty yeah, sometimes yeah. Yeah, like, it, just there's a dog. saying right like it's a dog's life right like so it's a dog's life this is what, actually what we all aspire it. to oh Kieran, i think you i think you solved it right i think <laughs> it comes down to our worst case scenario is we end up living the lives of dogs well you want to be dogs in the western world Mm, that's what I worry about. That's true. Uh, do, do you think in India they have that same saying? It's a dog's life. No, it's they're stray dogs. Uh, yes. I mean, is that a British saying or is that an American saying? I don't know. I I don't even know because I I've known that saying, but I'm I'm from America, so and I I don't know if I've heard people saying that in India. Like um, it, it seems to make less sense in India based on what I've seen of. of a dog's it life. It does. Hey, there's still some well taken care of dogs in India. Yeah, I'll yes, be honest yeah. with you. But I would say the majority of dogs, I think, are street dogs there. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's fair. Well, listeners, uh, you know, we'd love to hear your thoughts uh, on on this uh, human improvement plan. Uh, let us know if there were elements that we were missing. Uh, if uh, you disagree with our conclusion, our, our kind of weirdly uplifting conclusion that our worst case scenario is that we get to live the lives of of uh, Western dogs. You know, yeah. if ever there was a dog to be a Western dog, seems to be the way to or be. Or cats, I'd, I'd take a cat's life too. Cat's life seems like, yeah, seems all right too. Uh, seems all they don't right. get to go out much though. Yeah, right. That's a choice that they make. I thought. No, their owners make that choice for them. The cat doesn't get to make the choice. I thought they were like little cat doors that, you know, cats can go out and come back in. But that's house a, I think that's an old school cat thing. That's just a doggy. It's only, it's a dog's only privilege now. Yeah, I, people are too worried that their cats are going to get eaten. It's fair. Yeah. So I, I think dog's life is, 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 is what we should be shooting for. Okay. Let's shoot for a dog's life. And yeah, if, if you want to, as a listener, help infiltrate the rest of society in case Vijay and I get contacted by the aliens, yeah, uh, feel free to write us at uh, onewierdthought at gmail.com. Yeah, thanks, Karen. This was really fun. Yeah, as always, man. Talk to you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye.